2: So let's go to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline bringing Quincy Carrier of the worst take on YouTube. Quincy, what's going on, my G? Nothing much, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. We've been talking all morning, uh, you know, about this, the situation with, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. He has the, you know, partially torn labrum. Um, you know, I guess it comes down to there's two, there's two I guess, different uh, perspectives here. There's two different perspectives. Camps. But well, one camp is, yeah, he's been playing bad, or he's been played bad the, uh, the the game, and we knew he played bad because it was. Now we know it's the shoulder. There's another group of people that say, ah, listen, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that the shoulder really caused him to be thrown errantly. Where do you stand on that situation? Um, and what what were your thoughts when you found out that he was slightly uh, injured uh, and has been injured for a couple of weeks with the uh, shoulder injury?
3: Well, you know, there's a little bit of both you can take away from it, right? Um, Yeah. Is his shoulder being partially torn? Is that causing some discomfort? Is it probably not helping him? Absolutely. You know, that's definitely part of it. But is it all of it? No. No, it's not. Um, This is just – Bakers just not playing well right now. Um, And – we did this same thing last year, G. Bush, if you remember right, the last two quarters yep. <laughs> of, of the Colts game, and then the, the Pittsburgh game was awful, and then the first quarter the Bengals game was bad, and we were like, oh, what's going on with Baker? Oh, no, he has a broken rib, and then what did he do after that? He went 22 of 22, threw five touchdowns in a game-winner, and all of a sudden – Nobody talked about those ribs for the rest of the season, even though they were still broken, right? Um, So, you know, Baker tends to do this at at this point of the year in, in his career. If you look at his first year, his second year, and, you know, now third and fourth, he has had those moments early in the season where he has bad games and he's inaccurate, and he's missing high. You know, I mean, we've done this before with Baker. And then later on, he kind of gets it together. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a subconscious thing where he needs people to doubt him. Um, But, you know, with Baker, where I'm at with this whole injury talk and what's going on with him is I just think Baker needs to play better. And I think Baker's fully capable of playing better whether he has a partially torn labrum or not, and he does, um, I don't think that's stopping him from being the quarterback that we know him to because last year he had broken ribs, and he played some of the best football in his entire career. So, yeah, Baker's tough enough, Baker's good enough, that I don't think that's something that should excuse the performance that he had last week. You know, he's better than that. So, I think, you know, people catch themselves trying to defend Baker, Trying to say like nothing bad can happen, but I think when you have a quarterback and you know he's good, you know what he's capable of, regardless of what the excuses are for him. I um, mean, you know that he can perform better than what he did last week, and Baker knows that, and I think the coaching staff knows that. So I think that's what's most important.
2: Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I think you know, I, to me, this is where I come out on it. His shoulders hurt, yeah, but you know, he just he just didn't play well. I mean. That's okay. Seventeen of them, right? You, you know, you go to from one week to the next week, and you just didn't play well. Um, if and it's funny how things work. If if he hits the the deep ball to Odell Beckham in the fourth quarter, I think we wouldn't even hear about the shoulder, or we wouldn't hear about a lot of things. We would just say, "Wow, there was a long touchdown." Look, they're mm-hmm. connecting. I, that's how fickle sometimes the game is. It's it's, it's a you know in in the NBA they say it's a miss or make league, right? Um, in the NFL, it's it's kind of like okay, you know, week to week, it, it's a different story. It's a different game, and and leaving the game behind for Washington, going to the game against the Chargers. One of the things that I think it, it really travels well is is this defense. And I, you know, me, I've been critical of Joe Woods for <laughs> for two years, but man, he he he's doing exactly what I like to see. Uh, I have no complaints. He coached. He, he pitched a, a gym last week. Is that? Is this the the new wave of the Cleveland Browns? Can we expect to see this week in and week out with the way the Browns defense is playing? Because this is the best I've ever seen the Browns defense play. Me,
3: no, that performance that they put together is something that's rare in the common era or in the modern era of football, where defense completely takes over a football game without getting a ton of turnovers early on, right? They were just dominating the line of scrimmage and just shutting down the Vikings and able to take over the game that way. Usually when a defense takes over the game, it's a bunch of interceptions, mistakes, fumbles, things like that, what happened with uh, Pittsburgh in the wild card game. But the Browns defense were able to take over that game. And again, Minnesota going into that game was a hot offense and a very good one. And the Browns defense forced them to look terrible Um, partly to do with just how amazing JOK is and how much he can just shut down a lot of this stuff that the Vikings do. Now going into this week, you know, it's like it's hard for me to have this much confidence in the defense just because I've only seen it for two games. But you do feel much better going into this game and going up against this juggernaut offense that the Chargers have. I'm intrigued to see – how they cover it, how Anthony Walker coming back, is that going to affect anything? You know, how are they going to use JOK? Are they just going to stick him on Austin Eckler? You know, what are they going to try to do to take away all of these threats that the ch- Chargers have? You know, I think is an interesting conversation to have. And also, I think the most important thing is, Jadavion Clowney has lived up to the billing so far. of oh, yeah. His tenure the oh, yeah. Cleveland Browns. He has fully lived up. I mean... I know if you watch me on my YouTube channel for any amount of time, I have been begging the Browns since 2018, please, Jadavion Clowney, please put him next to Miles Garrett. Please, he's the best person to put him there. He's exceeding my expectations. I've been begging for this for three years. He looks fantastic. I mean, even in the games where he doesn't get any sacks, like the Texans game, um, he gets pressure, and he gets serious pressure. Like, quarterback throws the ball in the dirt pressure there. So he has been excellent, that pairing. When they put him and Miles Garrett next to each other, by the way, I would expect that a lot on the right side of that offensive line. They're not going to really tackle shots Slater. They're going to go and attack that uh, right tackle that the Chargers have there and really try to exploit something there. So you're probably going to see Miles and Clowney next to each other on that side um, if they both play. But, yeah, it's it's amazing to see the turns they have. And, you know, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. The Browns' defense was so deep, they lost three starters and played the best football that this city has seen defensively in a long time, right? Just because they can roll Grant Delpit off the bench. They can roll J.L.K. into more snaps. They can roll Greedy Williams out there Mm. when uh, Greg Newsom is not out there. These are blue-chip talents just a couple of years ago um, that still have a lot of promise that the Browns are able to kind of just lean on if something goes wrong. And that's been the most important thing. And you look how athletic this defense is and how, how fast they're able to move to sideline to sideline. Gives you a lot of hope uh, if they can continue to play at this level, especially with the way that defensive line is performing. And I want to give uh, some love to both of the Malik's inside, but especially Malik McDowell, a guy who was a, uh, a flyer during rookie camp, played his way into a starting job. And he's, he might be the best defensive tackle on the roster right now.
2: Listen, you mentioned so many great things right there. Um, The the moving Jadavian Clowney and putting Miles Garrett like a three technique and Jadavian Clowney's just standing up and they're they're stunning every single play. And then I love the package where they have those two on one side of the line with scrimmage, and then they bring Tack McKinley in, who quietly has a couple of sacks this year. Lots of pressure. I, I mean, that's the thing that really, to me, I, I've I've said it and, and I've been with you since I, I mean since they drafted Miles Garrett. I was just like, do not waste this man's life on one end and don't have guys to pair him with that guy. So you can't run away. There's nothing you really can do with that. You just got to accept it. And, mm-hmm. and right now, for the first time, I would say the Cleveland Browns are actually fun. Watch play. I, I actually enjoy watching the Cleveland Browns have fun especially hitting quarterbacks. Even, you know, Kirk Cousins looked like he saw a ghost in the fourth quarter. By the time he fourth quarter came around, he was like, I cannot believe they're still hitting me. How many people are coming? Four? <laughs> five? It's crazy. Yeah.
3: And what's interesting, right, because I know Miles had that four-and-a-half sack day against the Bears, and that was very impressive. But I think the football junkie in us thinks, man, that game he had against the Vikings where he had a half a sack – was much more impressive oh. than, than anything he did versus the Bears. I mean, Miles Garrett's playing at a completely different level of football than anybody else defensively right now. Like, I don't know how he's not going to be the front runner for defensive player of the year. He is. There is, we've known Miles Garrett to be great for a long time here in Cleveland. Um, he's taken a next step uh, in the last couple of days to where he's always been unblockable. But now he's not – there's no solution. I mean, he got his one sack last week on a play where they rotated half of the offensive line. They had a guard, a center, and a tackle on him, and he still busted through. When you're at that point of defensive line havoc-making, there's no team that's going to feel comfortable holding the ball for more than three seconds against you, and that's going to help that secondary out a ton. Miles Garrett has been playing phenomenal football.
2: Uh, you know, there's been a lot that that's been made out of uh, you know the the situation with you know the, throwing the football and running the football. We got to run. We you know we just need the Baker's hurt. We're just going to run the football. Now here's the thing: against most teams that will work. Um, I think it might actually still work against the Chargers because they give up a lot on the ground. Uh, you know, this week in 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 particular, what are the thoughts of the running game? Um, and do and, and do the Browns up front? Have they been a little bit leaky up front in terms of the pressure, in terms of some of the sacks they've given up? I think they only gave up nine sacks or something last year, but now you know they're they're creeping up over, you know, a, a lot of pressures, a lot of sacks. What are your thoughts, Paschas, on the run game and 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 how they've been performing up front in terms of the the passing protection?
3: It's hard to be critical of the run game based on just, like, the numbers that they're doing because they're putting up good numbers. But when you watch it, you know that something's not firing on its on the same level that it was last year, right? Like, yeah, they're getting to these yard totals. They're getting good yards per carry. But we knew, like, if the Browns needed it in five minutes last year, we could run that thing five times, get to the 20-yard line, start killing clock. It's not at that level right now. That's the difference, right? Right now they're playing at a good level, uh, better than league average, probably even a top ten rushing level in the NFL. But what we know this offensive line and this run game is capable of is being the absolute best, and that's just not what I'm seeing so far of them. Um, So I hope that improves. Look, Jetrick Wills not being able to get to his third step, that's really going to affect your pass coverage, right? Because he's just been hurt, flat-out hurt. He really got no help. Uh, behind him, just because Hubbard's been hurt too, and that's the that's the swing tackle, right? So now you're relying on a James Hudson, who you know is a very raw prospect out of Cincinnati, who's not supposed to be playing right now, but he's forced to play, or a Blake Hans, who's a guard, who's not supposed to be a left tackle, um, and you got some patchwork solutions there. So that's affecting your pass protection a lot. Conklin's not been having a great year when it comes to pass protection either but that's also been an issue. Both the tackles haven't been what you wanted them to be. So when it comes to the past stuff, I think that will settle itself out later in the year once Conklin kind of gets his feet back underneath him and when Wills is able to be healthy and be the athletic tackle that we know that he is right now, um, but he's not capable of being. But the run game, I, I, it's, it has the sense of urgency, the physicality there. It's not there as consistently – and as automatically as it was last year, and you can tell because when you watch them run the ball, you see a lot more two-yard, three-yard runs. Mm-hmm. Than it used to be five, six-yard runs. And again, the standard is ridiculous for this offense in this run game in particular. But the you know the standard is the standard, right? Like that's that's what the bar is. We're, the Browns aren't a team that's hoping to go 500 or hoping to go to the second round. This is a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and that run game is a huge part of it. So, at some point, hopefully later on in the season, you want to see them firing on all cylinders, especially in that run game, because so far it just hasn't looked the same as it has in previous years, although it's good.
2: Really quickly, uh, Quincy Caron on North said Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Before we get it out of here, I want to ask you this one really quickly, how, how close do you think Odell Beckham Jr. is it, it, to having a breakout game where he, he it, it just clicks for him. Um, do you think that – how close are they way or how far are they away? Or do you think it will ever happen?
3: I think he's there already, right? I think if Baker just doesn't have um, one of those games where he just wasn't accurate, you might have probably gotten a huge game out of Odell. He's there. I mean, if you look at the tape, he's getting consistent separation. He's quick, explosive, able to make those uh, circus catches whenever you throw it to him. Sometimes he just doesn't get a chance to really get the ball there. I think it's more or less on those two getting it together. And I think, you know, if both guys stay healthy, Baker and Odell, I'm pretty sure by the time we get into this division stretch of games here, like coming up at week eight, you know, the second half of the season, I think you'll see a lot of those big, you know, Odell, 132, 140-yard games here coming up because it's real close. Like, the connection's there. They can see each other. Last week, Baker just wasn't accurate, so they weren't hitting each other, but the ball was there when it was supposed to be, just not in the
2: right place. Uh, great job, as always, Quincy. Let everybody know where they can find you at uh, and where they can check you out on YouTube.
3: Definitely, definitely. Just go on YouTube, search Q-U-I-N-C-Y, Carrier, like the air conditioning company, Uh and just put that in. I'll pop up. Also on Twitter, you can find me at KWEN underscore C. We always have a great time on there. G, thank you for letting me be
2: on. All right, no problem. As always, appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, yeah, no problem, man. 216-578-0092.